Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. I'm curious, have you ever wondered why we would describe the night that God came into the world as a silent night? I mean, the Bible says in John 1.14, it says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. What we're here to celebrate on Christmas is the fact that God decided through his son Jesus, he was going to take his son and clothe him in skin and he was going to send him to the world because he sees a world that's, that's going farther and farther away from him and, and leading more towards destruction and leading farther away from intimacy with God. So he says, I want to send my son into the world and my son is going to pay the price for this, the world's sins. He's going to pay the price for your sins and for mine. And he says, I'm going to send my son now. And, and let me just ask you for a moment. If you were God, think about this. If you were God, I know that is a terrifying thought. Look at the person next to you and go, I am so glad you are not God. But let me ask you. If you were God and you had already decided that you wanted to send your son into the world to make a way to pay the price for our sins so that you and I could come closer to him, to be with him, to, to have relationship with him, then how, how would you do it? You know, how would that night look? Because I could tell you for me, um, I would have thought of every amazing earth-shattering thing I could think of. I think if, if I'm sending my son into the world, then I need to pick the most famous city and in that famous city, I need to pick the most famous palace. And in that palace, I want the most predominant family. And I'm going to deliver my child to that family. And when it's the moment for Jesus to come into the world, the, the heavens are going to open up. And there's going to be earth-shattering shouts coming from heaven. And, and Jesus is going to be lifted up to where at the other corners of the earth, the, the ground would tremble and people would recognize that God himself had stepped foot onto our planet. If I was God, I would have taken the shock and awe approach. But what we see about our Savior, what we see about God himself, is that he did quite the opposite. Instead of going shock and awe, he decided he was going to come in lowly and he was going to come in quiet. So he picked a town that no one would have ever heard of a small town named Bethlehem, two miles outside of Jerusalem. And, and there he, he found a couple, a peasant couple, that no one would have known their names if it wasn't for the fact that he chose them. And on a night where it was finally time for Jesus to come into the world, no one had even made room for him. That, that Jesus wasn't born in a place where people sleep, but it was actually a shed outside of a hotel that Jesus, God with flesh on, God with skin on, came into the world. He, he came in quietly. He came in like a whisper, the whisper of Christmas. It reminds me of another story where God could have used shock and awe, where, where he could have spoke to us 
loud and, and, and awe-inspiring, but instead he just spoke with a whisper. In 1 Kings chapter 19, we see that there was a man by the name of Elijah, a man much like you and I, and he was a servant of God. He loved God, but we know that he, he, he struggled just like you and I did because where we see him in this story, he's scared. He's running for his life, and in fact, we find him hiding in a cave. And where this man is hiding in a cave, like, like scared that his life might be threatened at the moment, God decides he wants to talk to him. And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 9 that, that while he was in this cave, and God wanted to speak to him that Elijah came out to the mouth of the cave to see what was going on. And the Bible says that a great wind came and blew across the mountain. And it was such a powerful wind that, that rocks were shattering. I don't know if it was hurricane force. I don't know if it was like a tornado or what. But, but rocks were actually shattering. And the Bible says something that's very unique here. We're no, we know God wants to speak to Elijah and the wind blows and rocks shatter and the Bible says very clearly but God was not in the wind and then as he stood there at the face of the cave then it says that a great earthquake came and shook the mountain and, and Elijah was there expecting like maybe God's about to speak to me and the earthquake finished and the Bible says that God wasn't in the earthquake either so he had just seen this great wind he had seen this earthquake and then all of a sudden now the Bible says that a great fire tore across the mountainside. And as we pick up here in Scripture, it says in 1 Kings 19, 12, it says, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came, a gentle whisper. God chose to speak to his servant Elijah with a gentle whisper. See, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the spectacular. We get caught up in looking for God in the, the great moments in life, the, the big things, the big events, the concerts, the Christmas Eve services. We think it's got to be something spectacular if God is going to speak to us, but the presence of God is most powerful when it becomes most personal. And that's why God whispered to Elijah in the cave. Because after all, I mean... The earthquake was cosmic. The fire was brilliant. The wind, it had to have been breathtaking, but it was that whisper, that whisper, God speaking quietly to him. Now, I wonder if, why is it, if God could show off with the spectacular, if he could show off with the earthquake and the wind and the fire, if he could show off with all these things, then why does he speak to us in a whisper? Well, the message of Christmas gives us that answer. He speaks to us quietly. He whispers to us because he's close. And that's what a lot of you need to understand tonight is that God is close to you. You may feel far from him, but you have to understand that your God who created you is not far from you. It's the message of Christmas that teaches us that God wants to draw close to us. In fact, we just talked about his, his name, Emmanuel. We know he will be called Emmanuel, and that means God with us. God draws close to us even when we have decided to stay far away from him. We see that our creator, he's trying to make a way. He's trying to get closer. He's, he, he's whispering to us. So when God wanted to show the world what he was like, he whispered through a baby in a manger. God is saying, I'm near. I'm near to you. 
I'm near to the one who will reach out to me in faith. In fact, that's all that's required for you and I to experience a relationship with God. It's all that's required for us to experience his grace and his forgiveness to be near to him is just to open our heart. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse 9, it says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. But I know in a room this size, in a meeting of this magnitude, there are many of you that might feel far from God. And I rose to this stage today to talk to you. I rose to this stage today for you who feel far from God because I don't want you to leave this experience having heard the whisper of God in your heart and not having responded to it. It would be tragic to me. It would be tragic that you would have a moment where where you hear God whisper something so gently to you and you don't respond to it. We see the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times in various ways. But in these last days, he spoke to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. What does this mean? It means that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. If you can know Jesus, you can know God. So God whispered to us when he wanted us to understand what he is like, when he wanted us to understand that we could have intimacy with him, he whispered us to us like through a baby in a manger. It reminds me of the whisper that Elijah experienced in the cave when Elijah was hiding in the cave. Because what can happen a lot of times in life is you can find yourself hiding in a cave. You can find yourself hiding because of loneliness. You can find yourself hiding because of addiction. You can find yourself hiding because of hurt or hiding because of sin. And we make up a list and we make up reasons of, uh, of why we tried to keep God out. But, but the truth is, no matter where you're hiding and no matter what's going on in your life, God could find you right where you are. And that's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not that you found God, but that God found you. The message of Christmas is not that you somehow got it all together and found Jesus, but the message of Christmas is that God saw you falling away from him and provided his son to make a way, and Jesus came and he found you. So this Christmas, I believe that God would speak to you. I believe that even right now, the whisper of God is beginning to speak to you on the inside, that maybe on a personal level, you're starting to hear God speak to you. But the truth is, revelation always requires response before it becomes reality in your life. That you could hear the message of God and you could hear him whispering to you, but it's it's the question, are you going to respond to God as he whispers? Because I think even right now, the, the whispering has begun. I believe even right now, God's spirit is whispering to you on a personal level. He's talking to you and maybe you're dealing with loneliness and you hear somewhere, somewhere on the inside, you hear the spirit of God whispering to you and saying, I am the ever-present God and you've never been alone a day in your life. 
Or maybe you, you find yourself in, and you're in a storm. You've been going through difficulty. This year has been hard and, and Jesus is whispering to you saying, I've, I've been with you through the storm. I've been with you through the divorce. I've been with you through the difficulty. Maybe you're, you feel ashamed and you feel covered with sin and, and you hear the whisper of God right now saying, there is no sin that you could commit that he, won't, he will not forgive. And there is no shame that you could try to hide that first of all, he doesn't see. But second and more importantly, not only does he see it, he still loves you. Oh, I hope you heard me. He sees the shame that we try to hide. But do you understand that your God still loves you? He still loves you. I talk to people sometimes who feel far away from God and they would make comments. And I can tell you, I've felt this way before where I make a comment like, you know, I, I feel like as I pray, God feels so far from me that like maybe when I pray, it's like my prayers are just barely reaching the ceiling of this room. There's a great man by the name of Dallas Willard and he has a quote in response to this. He says, if we truly understand how radically present God is in our world, reaching the ceiling is more than high enough. It's more than high enough. The message of Christmas is that God came to be near to you. He so desperately wants a relationship with you and that there are those of us in this room that we feel far from God. And, and in fact, the prodigal son's story explains to us about the fact that the boy, when he, when he recognized he was far from God and when he wanted to make a life change, he started planning and plotting and creating a speech and thinking, if I could just get back to my father and I could give him the speech about, you know, I could just be one of his servants and, and maybe I could turn things around and I could fix things. He was like, he had it in his mind. If I could just get myself fixed, then I'm going to be ready to come back before the, uh, my father. And what we see happens in and the story that Jesus tells us is that when the prodigal son returned home, he didn't even get the first syllable out from his story. When the father just grabbed him and hugged him and, and put a ring on his finger and, and put a coat around him and threw a huge party and said, man, I'm so glad you're home. It's like he was thinking somehow, I've got to get my life back together. And the father said, no, you just got to come back to me and I'll get you put back together. I'll get you put back together. See, I believe that this Christmas is going to be a homecoming for someone in this room. I believe that this Christmas there are those of you that you felt far away from God and you hear the gentle whisper of God speaking to you right now saying, it's time. It's time to make a turnaround. It's time to come back to me. I'd like to just ask you right now, if you would, to bow your heads and close your eyes with no one looking around. Here in just a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. In this prayer, we're all going to pray together. I don't want anyone to feel left out, but we're going to pray this prayer specifically today for those who are saying, you know what? It's time I'm going to surrender my life to the love of God. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus before, and I'm, I'm going to surrender my life to the love of God. And you know what? Perhaps you've done this before. Perhaps you've been closer to God before and, and man, you've found yourself, you've wandered away. And, and you're standing in this room in this time, in this place right now, feeling far from him. And let me just tell you, let me speak to you. That, and you need to understand this, that it's not an accident that you're here today. God brought you here today to bring you back to him. 
You're here because the Heavenly Father is drawing you to Jesus. You're here because it's time for you to stop fighting the only one who can save you and the only one who can forgive you, but it's time for you to give your life over to the love of Jesus because he has so much more for you. He wants to take you out of the slop and he wants to take you out of the struggle and he wants to give you a new life. And I think sometimes we look for the spectacular, like there's going to be some certain song that I'm going to hear, and that's going to be what turns my life around. There's going to be something big, but really what happens is that God gently whispers to us. You hear the whisper right now. And I would tell you, it's not that you can do anything to earn God's salvation. The Bible says, for it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And it is, it is not by yourself. It is a gift from God. And then the writer of Hebrews says this. Catch this. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. I want to tell you today, if you're hearing the voice of God's whisper in your heart saying it's time, it's time to come to Jesus, it's time to make him the Lord and Savior of your life, it's time to get on track with him so you can have a home forever in heaven, then don't harden your heart today. We're going to pray this prayer right now, and I want to encourage you, listen to that whisper from God in your heart right now, and pray this prayer with me. Every person repeating this prayer, I mean, this is going to be for everyone, but specifically, this is for those coming into a right relationship with Jesus right now. Pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you, a sinner in need of a Savior. I hear your voice calling to me to be your child. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he lived a perfect life. I believe he died a sinner's death. I believe he rose again to give me life. I place my faith in Jesus Christ. I am forgiven. I am new. This is my new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed with me for just a moment. Heads bowed and eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, no one looking around right now. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to shoot your hand up in the sky so I can pray for you, so I can congratulate you. You're in a room full of people who love you and are thankful for you. On the count of three, if you just ask Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, shoot him up. One two, three. Put your hands up in the air. Put them up. Keep them up in the air. Keep them up. Praise God. I see your hands. Praise God. Church, let's celebrate with these people who just raised their hands. Let's celebrate with these people. Let's celebrate with them now. People come into life in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Right now, I want to invite all of our prayer counselors to come to the front of our stage. And we have these getting started kits. These are packets of information that is kind of like a Christmas gift to you. If you just prayed and asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, you just held your hand up. Here in just a moment, I'm going to have everyone else stand up as we pray together before we leave this service. And as we get up to stand up and leave, I want to encourage you that you just raised your hand and said, I pray 
prayed this prayer for the first time, there was a lot of you. I want to encourage you to come down to these men and women down front so they can give you a gift and, and, and welcome you into the body of Christ, welcome you into heaven, welcome you into a new life where Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Let's give him a shout of praise. Let's give him a shout of praise. Church family, would you stand with me? If you raise your hand, come on down forward and I'm gonna pray before we dismiss right now. There was a lot of people, make room for them to come forward. If someone raised their hand next to you and they're not moving, grab them by the elbow and bring them on down because we are so excited for them. But dear Jesus, we come before you thankful for all of these who just gave their life over to you. Every man and woman, every child in this room who gave their life to you right now, we thank you that they're coming down, that they're admitting that they need need a Lord and Savior, and we thank you, God, that Christmas is a day where we remember that we need a Lord and Savior, too, and you are that Lord and Savior. So thank you, Jesus. We honor you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's give him a shout of praise before we go. Amen. 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 Well, guys, I love you. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Um, be safe out there. We love you, and we'll see you as you come back Sunday for First Revival. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, we want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my Savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.